Our scripture reference today is reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 through 12. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. The word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Good. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here. If I hadn't have, have not had a chance to meet you yet, I would love to. You can just come up and say hi to me sometime. Uh, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, we're just coming off of a big holiday. We're going into the holiday season, and Thanksgiving is kind of one of those. You're like, what is this going to look like exactly? I don't know what your conversations look like at a typical Thanksgiving meal. I don't know if you're the kind of person that needs to do this beforehand. Don't worry, it's coming. There it is. Don't talk politics on Thanksgiving. You never know what the conversations are gonna be like. My Thanksgiving was, uh, it was pretty mellow. Um, the last few we've hosted, but this one, we went over to my in-laws house and there were a few other family members there. Um, you know, it was a typical kind of thing, uh, quiet, but uh, we cooked a, a turkey, which was good. And my Niners cooked some birds on Thanksgiving as well. Yeah. Okay. It's not often you get a football reference from me, so just enjoy it while you, while you can there. Not every Thanksgiving is like that, though. I mean, uh, like you, I've had uh, many different kinds of experiences on Thanksgiving. I remember as a child uh, going to Hometown Buffet uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, it, it was just my mom and me and uh, one of my siblings, and it was just kind of a more, a more quiet Thanksgiving than normal. We weren't gonna be cooking anything at the house. We'll go to the buffet instead. Um, or the one that really goes down in infamy uh, in my family is the one with all the yelling and screaming. Uh, it was the Thanksgiving where uh, everybody was yelling and there was one particular quote uh, that keeps getting told again and again over the years, uh, screaming, happy Thanksgiving, and then an expletive that I'm not gonna mention at church. Anyway, a little bit of name calling that, that happened there. You know, sometimes the emotions, they kind of rise up during Thanksgiving. You never know what it's going to be like. Could be a good one, could be a hard one. Uh, it's, uh, there's a variety of things. But the food's good, right? I mean, the meal is nice at Thanksgiving, uh, at least if you have gravy, it's good. <laughs> gravy really kind of makes the meal. Uh, for Thanksgiving. I mean, the food is okay, but when it has gravy on top, that's what actually makes the meal really good. And the gravy's just kind of overflowing off of the plate uh, a little bit. Uh, Steph, she caught me in a moment on the day after Thanksgiving um, when we were having some leftovers and I took three quarters of the remaining gravy for my 
leftovers and she's like, what are you doing? I was so greedy. It's true, it was a greedy moment and I apologize for that, but it's gravy. I mean, I was doing the dishes uh, Thanksgiving and um, there was a little bit of gravy left over in the little pouring dish and I asked my mother-in-law if she wanted me to save the gravy and she's like, yes, it's precious. That was her phrase that she used, it's precious. It is, it is gravy, yeah. For some, Thanksgiving is the best. I talked to several people this week who just said Thanksgiving is their absolute favorite holiday. And for some of us, Thanksgiving isn't so great necessarily. Maybe there are some painful memories that we have associated with it. Maybe it just doesn't feel as full of family um, or friends as we would like it to be. Maybe it's just like we don't like turkey. I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's your thing. At least uh, this is probably not your problem here. I see you surrounded by family. Well, not your family. <laughs> Regardless of what you think about Thanksgiving, the idea uh, that it communicates, uh, that we should be giving thanks, that we should have gratitude, is a really important idea. Re- gratitude is recognizing the good experiences, the good things that we have uh, that are a result of another, they're a result of somebody else. And that's an important thing to recognize on more than just this holiday. It's an important thing every single day. We're gonna face difficulties in life. Many of you have faced incredibly hard things in life, and I'm sorry for that. Every time we're faced with a circumstance that isn't positive in our lives, we get to choose how we respond to it. One of the pathways that we can choose will lead to bitterness and to anger and eventually will take us down a dark road that will end up affecting our whole lives. It'll affect the way that we relate to other people. It'll affect the way that we interpret all of the circumstances of our lives. It'll affect the way that we understand who God is And in the darkest moments, it will actually take our hope away as well. It'll be uh, a place of despair, a pathway of despair for us. Gratitude, though, is a response that leads us to the light. Being able to recognize what the good things are that we have in the midst of the hard things changes our outlook on what is happening and it affects all of our life. It will affect the way that we interact with other people. It'll affect the way that we interpret the circumstances that we're experiencing. It'll affect our relationship with God, how we relate to God. It's going to affect everything. That must be why the Bible talks to us so much, speaks so much about thanksgiving, about responding to God with thanksgiving, not because God wants the thanks, and not because we need to mollify the deity with that thanks, it's because this is the way that God created the world and how he created us in this world. He created us to experience wholeness, peace, it's what the Bible calls shalom, and part of that wholeness 
that we need to experience comes about through this practice of gratitude, through this way of actually being thankful and recognizing the things that we have and giving thanks to God for that. Every good gift is an opportunity to give thanks. Every good gift is an opportunity to give thanks. And there are a lot of good things that we can be thankful for. Even if we just, even if we don't feel like it all the time. Bible uh, uses uh, words for thanks or for gratitude something like more than 200 times uh, from beginning to end. And so we need to plow through them here pretty quickly because I know you're gonna wanna get back to doing other things. No, I'm just joking. I'm not gonna, I think I'm gonna read 200 Bible verses up here right now. How about I pick a few random ones for you on what the Bible has to say about gratitude. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. If that sounds familiar, it's because the Bible repeats it, those exact words, six different times overall. Now, as a parent, I don't like repeating myself, but as a child, I need to hear things again and again. So it's helpful for me to hear this, that God loves me and that that is something I can always be thankful for. How about Paul's letter to the Colossian church? And let the peace, the shalom, that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. In the good times, in the hard times, always be thankful. How about we go to the end of the, end of the book here, Revelation. We give thanks to you, Lord God, the Almighty, the one who is and who always was, for now you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign. When God comes in his glory and reigns in all of his fullness, we are gonna give lots of thanks to God because he's going to take away all of the injustice and all of the unrighteousness that we end up experiencing. The Bible is the ultimate authority for us. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible is authoritative for you. It tells you how to live your life, how, what Christ has done for us, what God has done for us, and how do we live in response to that. But even if you were to look at modern science, modern science would tell you gratitude is an extremely important thing. There are all kinds of different studies on it. It shapes our perspective. Are we gonna be a glass half full kind of person or are we gonna be a glass half empty kind of person? Having gratitude is gonna be a major factor in that. There have been studies that show that people who experience more gratitude or practice more gratitude experience better sleep at night. And there are studies that show that the more gratitude people have, the less likely they are to experience depression. There was a 2020 study that concluded that people, a person who witnesses gratitude between two other individuals will feel more affection toward those two people having witnessed gratitude between them. We may not always be grateful people, but we like gratitude. We appreciate gratitude. Gratitude also gives us a sense of abundance. It shapes us to think about things in an abundant way rather than around scarcity. We don't have enough. 
Gratitude makes us think, yes, we do actually have enough. And as people who are in the kingdom of God, who are daughters and sons of the king, we can live very abundant lives of gratitude at any time. Okay, so maybe you don't feel gratitude right now. That's okay. It's all right. We all feel that way at times. But regardless of how we feel, we can actually develop a practice of gratitude. So just three very practical tips on how to develop a practice of gratitude if that's what you need to do in your life right now. One is pick a time every day where it's gonna fit into your regular routines. So maybe that's when you wake up every morning or when you go to bed every night or before the first meal of the day or when you first come together with somebody else in your household. Pick that moment where you can daily recognize some gratitude to God. Second thing is to be specific with it. Don't just be thankful, but what are you thankful for? Very specifically, what is it that you're seeing God do in your life that is good that you can be thankful to God for? And the third thing would be to write it down. It just helps to solidify it in our brains a little bit more if we write it down rather than just thinking it all the time. Or we could just practice it right now. What do you say? Shall we jump in here and just kind of do this all together? Let's have a time where we share some thanksgiving with everybody else in the room. We're gonna have some people roaming around with some mics and you can just raise your hand, they'll come over to you and you're gonna have an opportunity to share with the rest of the church what it is that you're thankful for. Right now, what is God doing in your life that you can recognize, that you can be thankful for? Uh, A couple of things with this, we've got people watching live online right now. If you're watching online and you leave a little thanks in the comments, then we'll try to capture those and actually verbalize them here in the room. So go ahead and leave your thanks in the comments. We'll do our best to be able to capture those. There's a couple minute delay on all of that though. Also, we wanna keep it brief. I can't have any like five minute long stories, but would still love to hear what is happening in your life and how you're thankful. And the final caveat that I'd like to give you is just to remind you of that first meme that I showed right at the beginning don't talk about politics. <laughs> That's gonna be our rule here. I don't, uh, please no thank yous for uh, one candidate or another or one agenda or another. We'll just kind of leave the politics out of it. Deal? Deal. All right, great. That's wonderful. What are you thankful for? I'd love to hear what you're thankful for in your life right now. Hi, I was gonna say I'm really grateful for our family and our new little addition and uh, for everything going smoothly and all your guys' prayers. We love you guys as a family. That's great, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Hello, I'm Loretta Schwartz and the greatest thing in my life is my salvation. My salvation, because I came to know the Lord when I was six years old. I am 91 now, and he has been the best friend I have ever had. Go, Lord Jesus. And may all you come to know the friend that I know, 
Lord Jesus, praise the Lord. Thank you, Loretta. Love it. Okay. Yeah, I'm grateful to, um, I'm from Mexico and I came to the United States. I mean, I became a citizen and become a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's great. And I feel blessed. And having a church like this, I'm really blessed. I see every one of you representing Jesus and show the light to others. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Victor. Appreciate that. Yeah. So thankful for this church and everybody who's here. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Back here. I'm very, very thankful for the friend on my left and the friend on my right. That's great. Thank you, Susan. Jay. Uh, my name is Jay. Uh, I'm very thankful for my sobriety because with my sobriety, I came closer to God and they came to the veil of, you know, opening up my eyes. That's great. Thanks, Jay. Glad you're here. There's somebody on this side. Here's a comment from an online watcher. I am thankful for my nieces and nephews who bring me so much joy. That's great. Thank you. Hi, I'm thankful for being able to volunteer for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. I'm thankful for the business that God has allowed my brother and I to start uh, you know, on a completely random chance whim that I never saw coming. And I'm seeing my brother move forward, find his light, find his happiness again. He's starting to leave depression behind and get really excited. And even though he's, I'm not moving as fast as he am, I'm trying to keep up, he's doing amazing. And I'm seeing him becoming more and more excited about life and potentially even get closer to God again. That's great. Thanks, Andy. That's really good to hear. Okay, go ahead and take a moment, it's all right. Just as the other um, individual who had said thanks to her friends on her left and her right, I'm thankful for mine on my left because she, she was the hands and feet on, of God on the earth and she showed me her light and she showed me her faith, and I'm so thankful that God is doing something new in my life, that he is making me know that even if the narrow road that leads to life is a really hard one, that I know that even if I were to crawl, I know that it will be all worth it, because Jesus died for each and every one of us, even if we were so deserving to go to hell. He loved us first and he chose us first, regardless of whether if we would choose him or not. So I'm so thankful that the scales in my eyes have been removed, that God is doing something new in my life and in the lives of the people around the world 
because of this church that is moving and that is active and is alive. It is not because of our power and our might, but because of the power of the living God who resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. So I'm so thankful that I'm a prodigal who is coming back home. And I thank Debbie for being that light and the hands and feet on earth so that I can also do the same. And I thank each and every one of you because you have no idea the impact that you have on this earth that is so grim and dark. I know that Jesus is so happy because you guys are doing what he has called you to do. That's great. Thank you. Okay, one more. Last one here. I'm very thankful for all the safety and protection that the Lord has given me over these years. Um, I was in two car accidents, and I thank God I'm alive because they were very close, and uh, I had, uh, oh, it was, it was a long haul for the second one, but I'm here, and uh, I'm blessed, and thank the Lord for everything I have. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks everybody for sharing. Uh, I know there's a lot more within this room that could be shared because there is a lot that has been entrusted to us. A lot of good things that God has provided for us and it's right to turn those things back to God in thanksgiving. And it's good to be able to take a step further with that as well. All month long, we've been in this series of sermons called Entrusted where we're talking about the things that God has entrusted to us, and that is all things that we have. In fact, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's your very life. Everything that you have has been entrusted to you by God. And so we need to live our lives in a way that lines up with how God would want those things to be used. And when I say things, I'm talking about our treasures, like our money and our possessions, and I'm talking about our talent, those things that make up who we actually are. And I'm talking about our time, the very 24 hours that all of us get within a day. We are called continuously to be generous with those things that have been entrusted to us. And we had an opportunity right there to be able to practice gratitude within the room, or we're gonna have an opportunity to practice generosity as well with our Advent offering. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more in a bit, but first I wanna be able to get us into the passage here that Jerry read. So if you've got a Bible or if you've got a device, go ahead and pull it up to 2 Corinthians chapter nine, and we're just gonna go through this really quick, starting in verse 10. Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, verse 10, he says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. This reinforces what we've been talking about all month, that everything we have comes from God. God is the one who provides the seed. God is the one who provides the bread. Everything he ends up being the source of. James, the brother of Jesus, he wrote this to the early church. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in heaven. 
He's the source of everything from the lights in heaven that he created to everything that we get to experience. I wish I could say that I was just like a self-made person. My family taught me to be very independent, to not rely on other people. At a young age, I had three different paper routes. By the time I was 15, I was working at Papa Murphy's. 16, I was full-time at Safeway. I didn't want to rely on other people, but the reality is, Everything that I have has been given to me by others, one way or another. The same way I kind of wish I was original. I wish I had a single original thought, but I don't. Everything that I know, I've learned from other people. I'm completely dependent on all of those who have gone before me. And ultimately, God ends up being the source of all of that. Everything that I have received and everything of who I am has come from God. And so it's right for me to give my gratitude back to God as the source of all of that. And it says here in the passage that he's going to, he's going to increase your resources. That's really great, but he's going to increase those resources for a purpose. And that purpose is to have a great harvest of generosity among you. He's going to increase that harvest. Or more literally, what it actually says is, he's going to increase your harvest of, harvest of your righteousness. In other words, in the kingdom of God, the more that there is for you should be the more that things rightly align with the kingdom of God. The more that's provided for you, the greater the harvest of righteousness that ends up coming about. Look at verse 11 here. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. I think humanity always kind of struggles with a feeling of not having enough. I think that was probably true in Paul's day, and I think it's very true for us in our society as well. We always want a little bit bigger, a little bit better, a little bit more. Uh, Whatever increase we have never seems to quite be enough. Our needs match what we end up getting. You kind of see that a lot during this Christmas season, right? We're now going into the Christmas season, and Americans, we spend billions of dollars every year on Christmas. How many of y'all went out for Black Friday? No shame if you did, it's all right, Black Friday, yeah. People went out there on Black Friday. Gotta get those socks from Freddy's. Never actually done that before. I've always heard about it, but I gotta go get some, I know. I value a good sock. I should go get some good socks next year. This Black Friday was a record for us. Um, Americans spent $10 billion on Friday just online. That was not actually what was spent in brick and mortar stores, just $10 billion online. And tomorrow is Cyber Monday, and it's expected to be even bigger. They're anticipating sales around $12 billion tomorrow for Cyber Monday. I mean, That's a lot, that's for sure. 
Christmas can kind of be one of those times where there's generosity associated with it, right? Because there's a lot of gift giving and gift giving is really good. I don't want to poo poo any gift giving in any way. But when reading this, I have to ask the question, does the gift giving that I do increase a harvest of righteousness? Are the gifts that I'm giving increasing a harvest of righteousness? Or are they mostly just bringing in more of the things into our house? The reason why we would have more in the kingdom of God is to give more. The reason why we have more is to give more. Which takes us back to our main idea that every good gift is an opportunity to give thanks. There's a double meaning for it though. Not only is every good gift to me an opportunity to give thanks to God, but every good gift is an opportunity for me to give the opportunity to somebody else to be thankful. For them to receive that gift and then turn that back to gratitude for God. Paul basically reiterates this idea in the next verse as well, verse 12. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, or the, the needs of the saints is what it says, and then they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So two good things are gonna happen. Somebody's needs are going to be met, but then they're also, another good thing is that they're going to be able to give thanks to God as a result of that gift, as a result of their need being met. These two good things, literally that second, uh, the second part of that, they will joyfully express their thanks to God. I would translate that more literally to, there would be a great overflow of gratitude a great overflow of gratitude. When we take the increase that God has given us and we produce a harvest of righteousness with it by giving somebody else the opportunity to give thanks because of the gift that they've received from us, there's an overflow like gravy on Thanksgiving meal. Thank you. The gravy is what makes the meal great. When we have an increase from God, giving somebody else the opportunity by giving to them, by being generous with what we have, is like gravy on the meal. It's what makes it better. It's what makes the gift from God better, not just for us, but for somebody else as well. That gravy is precious right? It's precious. And people are precious to God as well. When I was in high school, I played football. And uh, I went to a private school, uh, grew up pretty poor most of my life, but somehow we managed to make this work through scholarships and things to be able to go to this school. I played football and every weekend when we had a game during the football season, on Saturday morning, the team would go out for breakfast. So we'd put our game jerseys on and we'd go to the same local restaurant every Saturday for breakfast. And 
I worked during that time while I was in high school, but I had bills that I had to pay, and so I didn't have a whole lot of money, and my mom didn't have a whole lot of money, and so one of those Saturdays when I was there with the team, I just didn't have any money to buy breakfast. And my friends are like, hey, man, you going to get something to eat? No, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't need anything. I'm all right. And the manager was actually serving us on that particular Saturday and, you know, wanted to take my order. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I, I don't need anything. I'm all right. Well, the manager wasn't buying that. And so the manager came back with this Belgian waffle just covered with a mountain of whipped cream and there was fruit on the top and it was awesome. <laughs> what that did though is it actually made me a part of what was happening in the room. Suddenly I was a participant at the table with everybody else. I got to share in what everybody else was experiencing as they were having their breakfast. It didn't just satisfy my hunger, which I was a teenage boy, so I was awake. That means I was hungry. <laughs> but it made me a part of what was happening. When we're generous with what God has provided for us, we're seeing that other people are precious to God. And it's including them in what we already get to have. It's saying you get to be a part of this as well. I get to enjoy this and I want you to enjoy it with me. It's seeing the humanity in somebody else that they are made in the image of God, that they are highly valued by God and it's seeing the dignity and giving to them in order for them to experience what we get to experience so that they can give thanks to God as well. And hopefully, it will also result in that person receiving the gift going, I am important to God. I am seen by God in some way. I am precious to God. When we give, it's like the gravy on the meal of the gift that God has given. Now we had an opportunity to practice our thanksgiving and we're gonna have an opportunity to respond now with our Advent offering as well. We do an Advent offering every year here at New Hope and we do that not only because we wanna support our partners in various ways with the needs that they have and, that, and by doing that supporting people out there who are in need, but we also do it because it changes us. It shapes who we are. When we participate in this, it reframes the way that we view the Advent season so that we don't just get caught up in all the fun things, the good things, the glitter and the tinsel and the gifts and the fun events, all those things are really good. But if that's our sole focus, we're gonna be deformed by that. Instead, when we say we're willing to give up some of that in order to include somebody else in it by making a sacrifice and giving for our Advent offering, then it shapes who we are. It pulls us away from materialism and actually cause us to, causes us to be more compassionate people. And it ends up then just overflowing the gift from God to us to others, back to thanksgiving to God again. So this is an important thing that we do every year. 
We've got two partners that we're supporting, one local and one global. Our local partner is Clackamas Service Center. They have been a long-term partner for them. We have volunteers provide meals every Sunday for the community members at Clackamas Service Center. CSC is a one-stop shop for people who are under-resourced who just need some help. And there are a lot of different resources there that they can receive. They can have their mail delivered there if they don't have a home address. They can receive a warm meal. They can go to the food pantry. They can receive clothing. They can even take a shower, or at least that's the hope right now in the future. They've torn down their annex building at CSC and they're completely rebuilding it. So half of our Advent offering is going toward that rebuilding project at CSC and specifically to provide a shower stall for them there. I didn't hear anyone say this morning they were thankful for a hot shower. But I'm telling you, every single morning I get into a hot shower, I'm thankful for that hot shower. What a gift to give somebody else, to be able to give them that, to include them in what you get to experience with that hot shower. So half of our gift is going towards CSC and a hot shower for them, and the other half is going to our global partner, Heart for Lebanon. We had one project that we were gonna work with Heart for Lebanon on, but because of the war breaking out in the Middle East there, they changed gears and they said, you know what, the most important thing here is that we need to provide winterization packets for the people that we support and also food packets. And so would you please help raise some funds to be able to provide those things for people who have been displaced because of the war and are in desperate need. So half to CSC, half to Heart for Lebanon. And our goal this year is $30,000. The church has already given more than $12,000 so far. So way to go. Thank you to everybody who has already given to the Advent offering. 100% of everything that you give goes to our partners. None of it stays here in the church. We just go and give it to the people who are in need the most. So this is a time where we get to respond. And maybe you've already responded by giving to the Advent offering. Maybe you've thought about it, but just haven't picked the moment. Maybe this is the moment for you. Maybe you've been resistant, but we've whittled you down today. I don't know. It was the gravy that did it, I'm sure. (laughs) This is a time where we get to respond with what has been entrusted to us in our worship to God by caring for other people who are made in the image of God. So I'm gonna close us in prayer. I'm gonna leave a moment of silence here just to give a pause to recognize that God is in the room with us and maybe for you to pray directly to God and then I'm gonna pray and then we're going to move into communion after that. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the sound of the middle schoolers in the wall behind us. I don't know if anybody else can hear them, but I'm glad that they're there and having fun. And I pray that you'd be speaking to them uh, today as they are there having fun. Thank you, Father, for every good gift that you give. Help us to see the good things that you are doing in our lives, especially if it is a really hard time for us right now. 
We don't want to ignore what's hard, but I just pray, God, you'd help us to see your goodness in the midst of the difficult things. Thank you, Jesus, for being a good king, for being a king of justice and righteousness. We submit to you. We give our lives to you. Thank you for purchasing our lives with your life. And thank you, Spirit, for being here, Holy Spirit, in the room. I pray, uh, God, that you would give us an openness to your spirit, that each day we would be responsive to you, that we would follow you well, that we would give our whole selves back to you, just as you have given of your whole self to us. We love you. We worship you, God. Amen.